this is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and this is my book review of Headstrong by Dave Asprey. And this is a book that makes the case that the ultimate biohack for optimizing your your performance, for optimizing your mind and your body is improving your mitochondrial function. And I'm here today at the Rianovo Monastery because I have kind of a, uh, what I'm going to do in this video is I'm going to draw a connection in between biology, philosophy, and religion. I think you're going to find it pretty interesting. I'm going to go a little bit abstract for a little while, and then I'm going to get into the really technical, actionable mitochondrial hacks that I think are going to really help you out. And so I should clarify, you've probably heard of mitochondria before. Mitochondria are billions of very tiny, very ancient bacteria that live inside of your cells and that power your cells. And later on in this review, I'll explain more in depth about them. But I think for now, a Star Wars metaphor will suffice, actually. You may recall in the Star Wars movies, they had the Metachlorians, which have a, are named something that's easily confusable with mitochondria, which is actually kind of appropriate because, yet again, uh, Star Wars is reflecting uh, Taoism, and Taoism often is reflecting of things that we learn about biohacking. And so in Star Wars, the Metachlorians were like this force, this life force that lived within all living things and that gave all living things their their life force, and that's that, that's kind of that's pretty close to what the mitochondria are actually. So, anyways, like I mentioned, I'm here, you know, at a uh, a place, you know, that has some, you know, great spiritual energy to it, that you know has, uh, you know, spiritual roots to it, which I thought would be best place to make uh, a real profound point that I, I hope you'll remember about your mitochondria, which is that your mitochondria are to your genes what free will is to predetermination. I'll explain to you what I mean by that. Predetermination seems to be an idea that is gaining in popularity in intellectual circles, and it's the idea that every molecule in your body and really every atom in the universe is governed by physical laws. So we can make quite accurate predictions based upon physical laws where Mars is going to be six months from now or we can, based upon laws of biology, we can accurately predict when a given species is going to do their seasonal migration, or we can predict when a tumor of cancer cells is going to take over a vital organ. And it would seem that almost everything in the universe is governed by some type of physical laws, whether we're talking about individual quarks 
and nuance and protons to cells to molecules to vital organs to organisms and animals and groups of animals and species and environments and planets and solar systems and superclusters and galaxies they all seem to be quite predictable based upon physical laws and so this poses a big question possibly the biggest question which is whether we actually have control over our own lives whether we actually have free will or whether we're just kind of playing out a script that's already been written for us whether there's like some metaphysical author in the sky somewhere that's written out a path for us and this is a question that elite astrophysicists and social scientists and quantum physicists and theoretical mathematicians and especially philosophers of every stripe debate up to this day hotly debate this issue of whether it's predetermination or free will and I was at the monastery earlier because I think that religion actually does religion interestingly thousands of years ago kind of addressed this in religion we have kind of these two messages that are seemingly contradictory right we have on one hand we have uh, God telling people that that God wants us to make good decisions that God wants us to make moral decisions that are going to leave the world better than we found it and in religion you know God gives us all these different incentives as to why we may want to make better decisions that are going to make the world a better place but ultimately God gives us quite a bit of a free will and asks us to make the right decision that's on one hand on the other hand in religion we're told that there's a reason for everything we're told that uh, God knows what's going to happen in the future we're told that everything that happens in our life whether it's a positive thing or a negative thing or a confusing thing that all these different seemingly random things happening are a are, are conspiring together so that we can evolve into like these better people that can that can be more uh, pro-social and that can again leave the world better than we found it and, it and atheists will come along and say that's a contradiction however uh, you know it is a contradiction of, of messages but it is a contradiction that is reflective of this profound paradox of free will versus determination and like I said your mitochondria is to your genes what free will is to predetermination. Here's my take on this. It would seem that at scale we have very little free will. And let me explain what I mean by this. When you get a statistically significant similar group of people together, you can quite accurately predict what that group is going to do. For example, let's say you get a IQ cohort that has IQ that's within like, you know, you get a hundred people that have IQ that's all within five point range of each other. And you can quite accurately predict how many of those people are going to graduate college, get jobs, get married, how much money they're going to make, how many kids they're going to have, if they're going to end up being successful or 
go to jail. Viewed as a group, they have disappointingly little free will. Similarly, if you look at the grand course of your life, predetermined, set, predetermined factors really seem to limit what you'll do and what you'll become. For example, I was uh, when I was younger, I was one of these ambitious young guys, and I was really determined to become a millionaire by the time I was 30. That was my goal. That was what I really wanted. And so I read all the kinds of books that one would read if that was your goal. And then I uh, went about doing what I really thought I should do to become a millionaire by the time I was 30 and utterly failed. You know what? I probably have a pretty statistically average net worth for a, a American male in his 30s. So despite all of my agency and despite all my, my high-minded goals that I had, I ended up being really statistically average. And I, I'm a fairly smart guy, I like to think. <laughs> People tell me. So even though it seems like we have quite a bit of like micro agency and uh, micro free will in our day-to-day -day and moment-to-moment -moment decisions, long-term at scale, you are likely going to end up quite statistically average for your sex, your race, your height, your attractiveness, your intelligence, the social class and place that you were born into. These predetermined factors really do define almost everything about you and about how your life is going to go. And what is the programming that fundamentally underlies all of these things about you, about your identity? Well, that would be your genes. More than anything else, your genes determine if you're going to be really successful, happy, or end up in jail. To be honest, mostly your genes are your destiny. And this is an uncomfortable and politically incorrect truth that the self-help gurus won't admit to you because it undermines their uh, transformation via positive thinking and their uh, self-esteem and their uh, just be confident messaging that they that, that underlies uh, a lot of um, personal development, self-help uh, type of content. The genetic researchers and scientists whose you know names are on the, the papers that back up a lot of what I'm saying, they won't admit this to you because them making politically incorrect statements is gonna maybe get them fired from their institutions or get their funding denied and the politicians, they certainly wouldn't admit this to you because they sell you the illusion of free will and self-determination via democracy, right? And even the, the companies that sell biohacking products and mitochondrial supplements won't admit this to you because they don't want to insult their potential customers, right? I'm really the only person that's going to admit this to you because I'm a person that falls at the intersection of being a, a philosopher, a self-experimenter, 
a uh, practitioner and kind of a bit of a kind of a kind of a bit of a of a biohacking monk and a, a scholar that I spend about 10 hours a week reading studies and absorbing really dry information and then cross-referencing that with information that is coming out of the the practitioner community of self-experimenters, uh, people doing self-quantification experiments, and then as my and then I do my own self-quantification stuff. So I, I hope you'll be able to take that away as a uh, a little bit of a hard truth, a little bit of what we call a red pill, which is that your genes are likely your destiny, and I say that they're they're likely your destiny, uh, and and this. This, this is something that's, that's kind of obvious. It's kind of one of these things that we as a civilization like to pretend isn't true. Um, but I'm also going to suggest that it's possible that you can defy your genes. And uh, so let's say, let's say hypothetically that you're, you're lucky and that everyone in your family is like really successful, happy, and good looking. Well, that's the kind of genetic material that you have as in every fiber of your being. So good for you. You can anticipate being similarly happy, successful, and good-looking in life. But if not, if your family is kind of a disaster in its own special way, like mine, like mine can be sometimes, then that's a really good sign that you have some some uh, gravity of epigenetic trauma within your genes that is inevitably and in a subtle and powerful way pull you down a path of mediocrity and that's something you have to take really seriously again if you come from a family that has some some dysfunction if you have some of that or, or even maybe even not in your immediate family but if you look at your grandparents if you look at your peripheral family and you see some things that you really don't want to repeat then you need to defy your genes and if you've ever kind of felt like in, in your own life if you felt like you're kind of repeating the same mistakes and relationships over and over again no matter how you tried and it doesn't just it doesn't really seem like you can reach the escape velocity of momentum away from the black hole that is your path that is your past <laughs> that was a great metaphor I got it out I got it out almost perfectly uh, if you feel like you're not escaping the black hole that is your past then that's a really good sign that your genes are running your life and that it's not even though you may feel like it's you running your life it's actually your genes running your life and so the good news is that you can overcome your genes with your mitochondria sometimes in a quite literal way where fully functional mitochondria allows us to overcome epigenetic trauma which is a lot of times genes that are supposed to be switched on and off based upon necessity in the internal external environment or whatnot 
but these genes are permanently turned on or maybe they're permanently turned off. And I think about a uh, Airbnb flat that I lived in once upon a time and it was a really nice flat except for one thing, which was that there was this uh, beeping noise that the refrigerator would make. There was some sensor in the refrigerator that was malfunctioning and during the middle of the night, every night, it would just start this incessant, annoying <laughs> beeping and sometimes it would wake us up. It was it was a total annoyance and we messed with that refrigerator and tried to do a bunch of different things to it to stop that damn beeping in the middle of the night. But that that was a switch that was just turned on for for some reason or another. And fully functional mitochondria allows for our genes to respond the way that they're supposed to. And it also kind of can switch off some of these vestigial defense mechanisms that are in our genes and our evolutionary psychology that really don't serve us. And then on, you know, more of a long-term thing, on more of a, with more of a strategic vision towards our goals, having our mitochondria working right gives us the energy and the motivation to consistently practice those helpful habits that are going to give us that uh, that really gigantic quantity of motivation that we're going to need, like I said, to reach escape velocity away from our past and to really defy our genes. And so in subsequent video blogs, I'm going to maybe get a bit more actionable and a bit more detailed about different mitochondrial hacks that I picked up from this book because there was so many. It was one of these books that I was just taking different notes like every single page. I was like, oh, that's awesome. That's great. I need to try that. And even as a long-term listener of his podcast, and I've got, I've probably listened to Dave Asprey speak for hundreds and hundreds of hours, <laughs> maybe thousands of hours. Um, I was I was picking up novel new things and I was acquiring a uh, holistic framework for working on my mitochondria that even me, a person that has made it my full-time job for the past couple of years to research these things, I learned a lot of cool things. And so I don't recommend that you read all books. Some of these books I read and I'm like, oh geez, that was rough. I, I don't recommend that everyone read that book. But I'm going to say that everyone should read Headstrong and Actually, the Bulletproof team was uh, nice enough to send me a physical edition, uh, a nice, I assume, hardcover edition of the Headstrong book, but they sent it to my place in the United States, and I'm living here in Europe, uh, and I wanted to really read this book anyways, because I knew it had some really good stuff in it. I was really curious about mitochondria, so I went and I just uh, bought a, a Kindle version of the book as well. And what I think I'm going to do here is for the next few months, I'm going to implement a lot of the uh, Headstrong program, a lot of the mitochondrial hacks that it talks about in there that, that I wasn't, even me, a person that's you know super passionate about biohacks and self-experimentation and throwing the whole kitchen sink of, of uh, interesting molecules and technology and and uh, experiments at my neurobiology. There's there's a lot of things that I uh, am curious about doing, and I'm going to kind of video blog and document those things as I do them. And then 
by the time I return home to uh, boxes full of my dusty old stuff and packages and packages of different uh, biohacking products that these different companies have sent me that I'm really anxious to try, particularly the, the bulletproof stuff, then I'll be able to present some conclusions from being on the Headstrong program for quite a while and kind of say, you know, hey, how is this uh, squared up with uh, the biohacker regimen that I've been practicing. So anyways, I do hope you read this book. And oh, a real quick uh, resource that, <laughs> boy, it really doesn't get the attention that I think it deserves. I created a flow chart that has almost all, probably not all of them because there's so many at this point, but it has almost all of the interviews that Dave Asprey has done on the Bulletproof Radio podcast broken down by, uh, broken down visually as like a infographical flowchart by the different things that he's talked about. So the sex, the sex life hacks, the uh, light life hacks, exercise stuff, diet stuff, spirituality stuff, mindset stuff, all these different really uh, disparate areas that they've discussed in depth on his podcast. I broke them all down with this massive infographic. It's really quite cool. I, I spent kind of a little bit of time doing it because I had to go through like, yeah, like 350 plus different episodes of his podcast and then put them all into uh, categories. So I'll link to that below that. And I do hope that you check that out and uh, pick up that book on Amazon. I'll link to it below. And I'm Jonathan with Limitless Mindset. As always, I look forward to a continued conversation with you.